all the stories of joy last week, man, that was great. This week, we're looking for some divine interruptions of peace. Thank you. Have a good day. We're going up uh, to my dentist. Having a small business has got to be tough at this time of year, especially with the COVID and the lockdowns and everything. So I just thought I'd bring a little peace to her because it hasn't been necessarily a peaceful time. So um, anyway, third floor. Hey, you know what? As a small business owner, it hasn't been very peaceful for you, has it? So I just wanted to give you a little flowers to bring some peace to you over the time, right? It's been tough, I know it has been. And it's been dripping water. Oh, there you go. I'll let you get back to work, but I just wanted to give you a little, okay? Well, I gotta make sure I don't cry. Like maybe, <laughs> yeah, it's heartwarming. It's, it's especially people you know, right? To see how you've seen them struggle, so. But now let's go and, um, Let's go, let's go see uh, my mechanic. Hi, how you doing? Can I get a dozen donuts? We're off to our mechanic. Here we go. You're a small business owner. Yes, it's been tough, hasn't it? It's been a challenge. It's been a little challenge. We want to bring you some peace. Thank you. So we're brought you some donuts. Awesome. How you been doing during this time? It's challenging. Yeah, it's tough as a, as a, so we just, we're giving to a couple small business owners, we just want to say thanks, well, thank a small you. little way, and we'll let you get on your way. Sure. Awesome, thanks Don. Thank yeah, take care. Okay, Dean, we're here at the uh, Urban Painter. They've done a bunch of uh, stuff with us with our refresh program uh, with Compassion Ministry, so we're just gonna drop a little off for the small businesses. Come on with me, Dean. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Good. Well, I'm from Center Street Church. Okay. And you've done some stuff with us before? right yeah. in your small business yeah. we want to thank you because we know covid's been tough oh right we want to give you a little bit of that it's probably it's we want to bring a little peace to you as yeah. uh, take yeah. care dave yeah, yeah we'll see you guys. thanks again yeah. well that was pretty cool now we're headed over to one of our church families and we're going to see how the church came together their community came together and blessed them during this time guys how you doing Hello, sorry to interrupt morning. you it looks like you're on your, you're getting ready to go to church yeah, good morning. and you're all dressed up good in morning. plaid tell me a little bit about how you were interrupted this year when you had your little one yeah. how your group came together tell me a little bit about that yeah so we had this little one during COVID she's a COVID baby she came in September um, and we were just so blessed by the community we had multiple people um, bringing us meals we've actually still had people dropping off meals yeah we've been just absolutely blessed like with meals time uh, from our cohort and just everything that you know that we thought would be a challenge in this time it yeah, wasn't yeah. a challenge because of them and because yeah. of our community and our missional community and we were just so blessed by mm -hmm. that so and that, how does it make you feel to have that you know, I think for us, it took the feeling of being alone and made it feel like yeah. we weren't alone. And I think it gives 100%. the whole church really an opportunity to actually be the church. It's not just going to church, it's being the church for one another. And we yeah, felt that. It's the church outside of the church building. So I think it's awesome that you've been blessed by your church and community. And we want to bless you too. Just a little bit of, a little bit of DoorDash. I know you've had a lot, but one more little, we want to just share some peace with you. 
you know, just to continue it, okay? Awesome. Thank See you. you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you so Bye. Much. Bye. Yeah, yeah. How did that feel? You know, it, it, I think it's been really cool to be able to to be able to do that, and yeah, it, it feels good, and it's it, it just feels great to be able to give and share. It, it warms my heart as much as I see the other people's hearts being warmed too. How about you take some time this week to interrupt someone's life with the gift of peace? Well, we are so glad that you have been joining us through this Advent series here, those of you joining us online and those of you in the room, um, especially the last few weeks. If you've missed the last couple of weeks or so, we've talked about hope. Last weekend, we talked about how we want to be encouraged to be people of joy, and this weekend, talking about peace. And you know what? If there was ever a time that we needed peace, isn't it these days I mean, peace in our world, peace in our country, peace in our province, in our city, in our own lives, in our families. We just need peace all over the place. We need peace. Just reflect with me for a moment on the year 2020. It seems like a long time ago, 2020 started, but 2020 started with the massive bush fires in Australia. Do you remember that? Over 3 billion animals killed the size of Cuba... That's the landmass that was destroyed in forest fires in Australia. Just devastation in their biodiversity and everything. And then after that, tensions between the U.S. and Iran began to bubble up. And then after that, the novel coronavirus. From there, global economic upheaval in almost every country around the world. And then lockdown life began. I mean, lockdown life began then, just after that. Then historic job losses all around the world. Oil prices then dipped into negative territory. Can you believe that? Oil prices into negative territory. Soon after that, the whole Black Lives movement. And then began the stage of working from home. With all of the joys and complexities in that, right? Working from home. Soon after that, explosions in Beirut, then the U.S. elections, and then depending on what area of the world you live in, the second and or third wave of COVID-19, and now, today, vaccination efforts. Can you believe our world? It's legitimate to ask the question, is peace even possible? Peace in our world, peace between nations, Peace in our lives, peace in our family, in our relationships. Is peace even possible? Is it a, or is it a fantasy or a dream? There seems to be so many things that steal our peace, that take away our peace these days. Let me ask you a question. How is your experience of peace these days? How is that going for you? Your experience of peace, how's it going? I'd like you to reflect just for a moment as well. Identifying your mind something that attempts to steal away peace from your life, take away peace from your life. Get that image, that picture, that situation, whatever it is in your mind that attempts to take away peace from you these days. Just get that in your mind. Think about that for a moment. 
What's the source of your fear, your anxiety, your pain, your conflict? What is it? Picture it in your mind for a moment. What is it? You don't have to tell anybody, but what is it? I think for many of us, the thing that steals away or takes away peace in our life could be problems, just problems in life, whatever those problems might be. Problems in life could be a financial problem that causes you worry, anxiety, stress. Could be um, the company that you own, that you operate, has been limited once again by the COVID pandemic and restrictions that are in place, and you don't know if the company that you own, that you operate, would survive. So many people these days who are self-employed, they're under so much anxiety, pressure, and stress, and conflict these days. Maybe the, the company that you work for is just unstable. You're not sure about your job moving forward. Could be an illness, could be a marriage situation, just any kind of problem. When we encounter problems in life, they tend to steal away, take away our peace. Maybe what you thought of when I just asked you that question just a moment ago, was a person or a relationship that you have in life. Relationships can steal our peace, destroy peace in, your, in our lives. Could be a person that hurt you. They haven't apologized. You haven't made amends with them yet, and that's eating you up inside. It's stealing your peace. Some of the, you in school, perhaps your teacher is the person that steals your peace from you, from your life. Could be your spouse. Could be someone that you know, just people. Sometimes people steal our peace, take our peace away. Maybe something that you thought of is just the speed of your life, the pace of your life these days. The pace at which you're operating, you're running, is just not sustainable. You're busy, you're hurried, hurried in your thoughts, hurried in your activity, hurried in your, in your day. There's just not enough time. You're just running so hard. One of the greatest enemies of peace is hurry. One of the greatest enemies of our soul, of our spiritual life is hurry. When we're busy all the time, when we don't have time to be quiet, to be still, to be at rest, to stop for a day of Sabbath, that steals our peace, takes away our peace from our life. Is peace even possible? Can we experience peace? For the rest of our time, we're going to look at three questions. What is peace? Where do we get peace? How do we hold on to peace? What is peace? Where do we get peace? How do we hold on to peace? Before we continue anymore, just join me in prayer. God, when we think of our world, when we think of our relationships, when we think of life, there's things that steal our peace. As we reflect on your word right now, your truth that never changes, give us fresh revelation, illuminate our hearts and our minds by your spirit from your word so that we can experience peace, lasting peace. And also so that we can be agents of peace in this world, so we can bring peace to others. Speak to us now. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, first of all, what is peace? What is it? In most languages around the world, peace means an absence of war, an absence of conflict. That's what peace means. 
There's other ways peace can be defined, but usually it's an absence of war, absence of conflict. We think about times of peace. We think about peace treaties between nations, times of harmony, times of quiet, times of calm, times of tranquility, times of rest. That can all be defined as peace. But when the Bible talks about peace, when the Bible talks about peace, it can refer to the absence of war or conflict But more often than not, the word peace in the Bible means so much more. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is this magnificent word called shalom. Shalom. In the New Testament, Greek, the word for peace is irene. And these words, whether Greek or Hebrew, have similar meanings. The word shalom means wholeness. Wholeness or completeness. It refers to when nothing is missing in life. Nothing is missing. All of the pieces in your life, there's nothing missing. There's nothing fragmented. There's nothing broken. Nothing is out of place in your life. Nothing is out of order in your life. You're in your life. There's integrity. There's harmony. When all aspects of your life are whole, are complete, your mind, body, soul, strength, all aspects of your relationships, your work, your activity, there is a sense of completeness and wholeness in your life called shalom. This is this magnificent, grand word of peace. This is the big meaning of peace in the Bible. Wow, if we could, if we could experience that, right? Life, life gets in the way then. I mean, life is complex. Life is complicated. There are pieces of our life at times that are broken and messed up and out. uh, There's chaos in our life. We just need to acknowledge that. We have problems in life. There can be conflict in life. But here's the thing. Here's the wonderful thing. Shalom is a peace that's not experienced when there's an absence of conflict, when there's an absence of worry, when there's an absence of fear in our lives. This biblical concept of peace can be experienced in the middle of conflict, in the middle of worry, in the middle when life is chaotic and seems broken and fragmented. And the Bible says that this kind of peace is possible. See, you and I were made to live in peace. God's best for us is that we would live in shalom, this peace with God, peace with others around us, and peace on the inside of ourselves. And isn't it true at times that sometimes the most difficult person to live at peace with is yourself because of what's going on inside of you? How we're all worked up inside of us, and that spills over to the outside. And sometimes we are the source of conflict because there's conflict and brokenness within us. See, the problem is that we are born this way. We're born as enemies of God. We're born into a fragmented, broken world. This sin nature of ours messes up our relationship with God, messes up our relationship with others. And even conflict inside of us where we don't do the things that we want to do and the things that we don't want to do, we end up doing it sometimes. So this is the concept of peace, this big biblical picture of shalom. Not the absence of conflict, but in the middle of conflict, worry, anxiety, stress, all this kind of stuff, we can experience peace. So where do we get this peace from? Where in the world do we find this peace? How can we live in this peace? Here's the question. Where do we find it? For most of us, I would assume that we try and find peace. We try and get peace by fixing our problems 
fixing our problems in life, fixing relationships, ensuring that our expectations are met, that others aren't disappointed. We try to make ourselves happy and content when we go on vacation even sometimes to try and get peace in so many different places in life. This past summer, we went camping for a weekend. And on the way back from this camping trip, we were hauling our kids' bikes on the back of a bike rack. And uh, we hauled the, these bikes up on this bike rack up to where we were camping just fine. When we were leaving that camping spot, we put the bikes on the, on the bike rack and started this journey back home. And I didn't check on these bikes from the time that we put them on the bike rack to the time we got home. And so when we got home late that evening, I went and I looked at the bikes. Wouldn't you believe it? One bike was missing. And that situation, <laughs> I mean, that stole my peace. I was mad. I was upset. I was grumpy. I thought, why didn't I check on it? You know, we'd driven six or seven hours, and somehow, somewhere in that time frame, this brand new bike fallen off the bike rack. My peace was gone. And I wanted to fix this problem. I wanted to fix this problem. Now, now I, I thought, well, I'm not going to drive six or seven hours to try and find the bike on the side of the road. That would be ridiculous. So this is what I did. Can you believe this? This is what I did. I thought, I'm going to go back to the bike shop where we bought it, the place where we bought the bike, and I'm going to take the manual with me and see if they had some kind of a strange refund policy for missing bikes. I did that. I went and I talked to the return desk and I told them the whole story truthfully, no lies, nothing like that. And I, I'm sure they were surprised by this question. But they did say, they said, you know what? If you would have had a piece of the bike, we probably could have done something for you. And I thought, well, there's a million pieces lying on the side of the road. I just don't know where they are. You know, but, and, and, and I said, all I have is the manual. And they said, well, we can't help you, sir. And I thought, that makes complete sense. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, I'm trying to fix my problem. I thought, well, maybe we bought the bike with a credit card. And sometimes credit cards have an insurance thing that you can, you know, get a refund for the bike. We didn't buy it on a credit card. And so then I thought, okay, someone told me and said, well, maybe you could, you could uh, call the bike rack company because the straps on the bike rack broke. And I'm embarrassed to say this, but I even called the bike rack company to try and see if maybe they had an insurance thing. And I'm talking to a guy in California on the phone, and I think, Kent, you are crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. I was obsessed with trying to solve this problem, trying to get my peace back, trying to get peace. And I couldn't get peace by trying to fix this problem. See, if you and I think that we will get peace by fixing all of our life's problems, we are in for major disappointment because that's not how we get peace. And Jesus even says, in this life, you will have troubles. You will have problems. We will have problems. We can't get peace by trying to solve our problems. If you think that you will achieve peace, get peace through a promotion, you will be disappointed. If you think that you'll get peace from the people around you, you're going to try to control every person around you, every relationship that you have, manage every situation so there's no disappointment, and you will be disappointed. Because how can we think of even controlling all, all of our relationships when we can't even control ourselves at times? We can't achieve peace by, by 
keeping all of our relationships in harmony, we will be disappointed. You're not gonna get peace by trying to make sure that all of your relationships are in harmony. If you think you'll get peace from money, you'll be disappointed. If you think you'll get peace from fame or notoriety, disappointment. If you think you'll get peace from escaping reality, disappointment. If you think that our governments will bring us lasting peace, we will be disappointed. If you think that our military, and as amazing as our police service is, that they will give us lasting peace, we will be disappointed. You see, this is the way that our world structures things so that we will try and get our peace through all of these different avenues by fixing, by controlling And think about it. Human beings have been alive for a long time. If it were possible for us to try and somehow get peace from our world by solving problems, fixing problems, relationships, we would have figured it out by now. But people everywhere are still trying to search for peace, trying to get peace. Here's the thing. The world cannot give us peace. The world can't promise peace. The world can't deliver on peace. Peace can't come from this earth because peace came to this earth. Peace came to this earth. We will not be able to get peace from this earth. In God's providence, a child was born. In God's providence, peace was born. Peace was given to us. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus' birth saying this, these magnificent words. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government, the authority, will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Shalom. Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and shalom, there will be no end. See, peace was born. Peace was given to us. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. Peace was the divine interruption into the world with Mary and Joseph and all the chaos that was going on in that time. Peace is the divine interruption to our world today. There is a prince of peace, a promise of peace. And this all-consuming concept of peace, of shalom, this wholeness, this completeness to life, even in the middle of our worry and anxiety and fear and conflict, is available to us. And the promise from God is that this experience of peace that we can have through Jesus Christ is possible And this shalom will never, ever, ever end. This is wonderful, wonderful news for us. So how do we get this peace? Jesus says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus says, peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Paul is speaking, saying that Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians 2, verse 14, Paul says, for he himself, he, Jesus, is our peace. 
Where do we get peace from? Not from this world. Where do we get peace from? We get peace from Jesus. Peace was born. Peace was given. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. Jesus is our peace. He gives us his peace. And more specifically, peace comes to us in the presence of Jesus in our lives. Peace comes to us in the strength of Jesus in our lives. When we know him, when we live with him, when we surrender our lives to him, we accept him into our life. Peace is a person. We get peace. Where do we get peace? We get peace from Jesus, his presence, his strength in our lives. So we understand what is peace. It's this concept of shalom. Where do we, where do we get peace? We get peace from Jesus' presence in our lives and his strength in our lives. But how do we hold on to peace here? How do we hold on to peace so that it just doesn't get taken away from us, stolen from us? Listen to what Paul says. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. Here's what Paul says about how we hold on to peace. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, this Irene Greek word here, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on to say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. See, how, how do we hold on to peace in our lives? This is what happens to us. We're anxious about something. We're fearful about something. And we just try and figure out how to fix it, Right? We're struggling. We think, how do I fix this, this relationship, this problem, this person, even sin in my own life? How do I, how do I fix this? And then this passage jumps into our minds and says, be, don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And so in this box, here's all the stuff that they're worried about, stressed about, conflicted about. When we think of this verse, we take something out of here, whatever it might be, and we say, okay, I'm going to present my requests to God, I put it right over here. Give it to God. Give it to God. How many of you can give something to God and five minutes later, you're picking it back up again and you're worrying about it and you're anxious about it and you're stressed about it and you're trying to fix it? Might be five minutes, might be five days, might be five months. But this is what happens to us. We don't hold on to peace. We, we take our worries and our concerns and everything. We say, okay, I'm going to give them to you, God. You take care of it. You deal with it. Please, I've come to the end of myself. Then we ended up picking it back up again. This has happened to you. Anybody wake up at night sometimes with this thought in your head and you think, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to sleep. <laughs> 
Am I the only weird one here? No. This happens to us, right? Thank you for that hand. Those of you online, thank you for that hand watching. This is what happens, right? We, some things pop into our mind and we just think about it, think about it. And then we end up, we're awake at night and we start getting anxious and fearful because we're awake and we can't fall asleep and we have a full day ahead of us the next day. Sometimes the craziest thoughts jump into our minds. This happened to me just a couple of nights ago. And after being awake for about an hour, I thought, maybe I should pray about this. <laughs> maybe. So I prayed about it. Sometimes when I start praying about it, then other things come into my mind that I start praying for, and then I'm just done. i got to get up. But we pray about some things, but sometimes we pick it back up again. Why do we do this? Why do we have worries, concerns, things that steal our peace? We pray, just like the Bible says, we, we, with prayer, with thanksgiving, we present our requests to God. And the promise is when we present our requests to God, the God of peace, right, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, but we pull them back up again. Here's why we do that. Our worries and our concerns in life are bigger than God. The things that steal our peace, that occupy our hearts and our minds, that stress us out, that cause conflict, are bigger than God. Bigger than God. And just what if, what if, what if God were bigger than our worries? What if what we believed to be true about God, his promises, his character, his word, things that are true that never change, that last forever, our God becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in our hearts and minds and bigger than our worries, maybe then we'd be able to say, okay, I will present my requests to God. The things that steal my peace, I'll give them to God and I'll leave them with him. What if, what if that could be the way that we could live life more consistently? What if God, our God was bigger than our worries and our concerns and the things that threaten to steal our peace from us? You see, what we believe about God determines how we hold on to peace. What we believe about God determines how we hold on to peace. If what we believe about God is small, we will not be able to hold on to peace. What we believe about God determines our peace. This is what the Bible says then. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, transcends all human understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God says to us here, don't be anxious, fearful, troubled, but in every situation, in the situation of your problems, in the situations of people, in situations at work, in situations of marriage, in situations of finances, in situations of Christmas, in situations of COVID, in situations of parenting, in situations with your school, in your situation of sin, in every situation, Every situation, every situation, 
Do you hear what God is saying to us here? What God is saying to us here is that he is competent, he is capable, and he is willing to bring peace into every single situation in our life. Every situation. All of the pieces in our life. All of the pieces that aren't going so well. All of the pieces. He is capable and he's willing to bring peace into every situation of our life. So that, so that why? So that we can live in peace. In this shalom, this wholeness, this completeness. Even in the middle of conflict, we can still experience this peace. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present our request to God. What we believe to be true about God in our hearts and in our minds, what we believe to be true about Jesus determines our experience of peace. And Paul goes on to say, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely. What is he meaning by this? He's not just thinking about, thinking about virtues or something like that, that we determine what is noble. He's saying, no, whatever is true about God, whatever is noble about God, whatever is right about God, whatever is pure about God, lovely about God, admirable about God, excellent about God, praiseworthy about God, whatever it is about God, think about him. Have your minds fixed on him, the truth of God, God's word. We need to be thinking about God a whole lot more than we are God's promises to us. God's purposes in Jesus Christ in sending his son to this world. And the promise from heaven is that when we fix our eyes, when we fix our hearts, our minds, our souls on God, on Jesus, on Holy Spirit, and we believe what's true about him, he will be our peace. Peace will be with you. Peace will be with me. I need to tell myself so many things about God, reminding myself about God. You've heard me here say to you, those of you online in the room, that God is always up to something good. I say that to myself often because I need to remind myself that God is good and that no matter what I'm experiencing, anything that would fill this bucket, that God is good. He's always good all the time. I need to fix my mind on God. I need to tell myself that his promises are true and never changing. I need to tell myself that his word will never fail to guide me. His word will never let me down. I need to tell myself that when I'm lost and I feel like I don't know what to do, he will be my guide. When I'm weak, he will be my strength. When I'm hurting, he will be my comforter. When I sin, and I confess my sin. He is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and make me clean on the inside. That when I'm afraid, he tells me to be strong and courageous because he's with me. When things don't look like they're going to work out, he will work out all things for my good. When I don't understand what's going on, I lean on his understanding and trust in him fully, wholeheartedly with all of my heart. And I'm obedient to him and he directs my paths. Does he love me? Does he love me? And I need to tell myself 
that there is nothing that will separate me from the love of God shown to me in Jesus Christ. And all of the truths that I just said are true for you. This is what's wonderful about God. And when we tell our things about God and remind ourselves about God and fix our eyes on him, he becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in our hearts and in our minds and our souls. And our worries and our concerns become less and we trust God with them. And even in the middle, even in the middle of stuff that's going on in life, we can still experience this shalom. See, my mind and my heart is fixed on him, what's true about him. This, this is how you hold on to peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 9. This is how you hold on to peace. And really, it's by holding on to Jesus. Because he is peace. He is our peace. He says he'll give us his peace. This means he will give us his presence. He will give us strength. So we hold on to peace by holding on to Jesus. thing is, this kind of peace that we've just been talking about, the world doesn't know. The world doesn't know because the world doesn't know Jesus. And if we want peace, we need Jesus. If you want peace, you need Jesus. There's a couple of responses here to this message that I just want to suggest to you. If you're online listening, you're in the room and you don't know Jesus, Chances are you have not experienced peace. The peace that he wants to bring to you and give to you. To experience that peace, you need. You need to surrender your life to him. Him being your savior and Lord. Savior and Lord. Savior means that you say, I've sinned. You acknowledge your sin. You confess your sin to him. You name your sin. And you say, Jesus, would you please forgive me for my sin? Then you receive forgiveness. And you invite him to live in your heart and clean you out on the inside to forgive you your sin, make you clean on the inside. You need to receive him as your savior. You need to receive him as your Lord. What this means is you surrender all areas of your life to him. Every area. You don't have to clean up areas of your life. You just surrender it to him and say, take my life, every area. Jesus, you are my Lord. You're my leader. Every area of your life is under his lordship. If you have not done that, do that today so you can experience peace. If you're watching online, just make sure you can see the chat. Our chat host would love to talk with you, pray with you. In the room, if you don't know Jesus, receive him as your savior and Lord today. We'd love to talk with you after the service is done about that couple more responses. You see, what I haven't mentioned through this whole message is sin steals our peace. Sin, plain and simple. Maybe a response for you is to confess your sin. Confess your sin and live at peace with God once again because Jesus will forgive you. That's his promise. If we confess our sin, he will forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe that's something that you need to do today to regain this peace with God through Jesus Christ. Another response might be that you need to sort of re-surrender your life because you have been living life like this. 
you've been trying to live life on your own, trying to solve your problems, trying to manage your life, trying to manage other people, probably ticking a lot of people off because of your lack of peace. You've been living this way, and it's time for you really to say, God, I need to live differently. I need you to be bigger, bigger than my all the things in life that don't lead me to peace. And you need to re-surrender your life. Really, it's a lordship issue. Saying, God, I surrender all aspects of my life to you. Take control once again. I just want to have 30 seconds of silence now for us to pray together. You online as well. Let's just spend 30 seconds of prayer. This probably will not be enough time to do all of the business that you need to do with God, but it's a start And so pray and respond to whatever way God might be speaking to you in these moments. And I'll pray for us then at the end. Let's pray together. God, we just, we just say that you are wonderful. You are awesome. You're magnificent. That you would provide a way for us to live in peace. In the middle of this broken world with broken lives, you would still allow us to experience peace. Thank you for your son who is our peace. Thank you for this amazing gift. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us your peace. You give us your presence. You give us your power to live in this life, experiencing peace, peace with you, Father, peace with others. Thank you that we can then be agents of peace because we've experienced you as our peace, Jesus. Father, I pray for those who are watching online or in this room who do not know you as their Savior. I pray that by your Spirit, you would lead them gently to surrender their lives to you and step into peace. Father, for those who are struggling with sin, maybe feel too ashamed, too guilty, too beat up, because they've come to you so many times confessing, I pray that you would let them know that you love them and nothing, not even their sin, can separate you from them. You love them. Lead them to confession. I pray, Father, that you, by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to not try and manage peace on our own, but to fix our hearts and our minds on you. Thank you for your promise that you, the God of peace, will be with us. Thank you. We worship you. We praise you. We adore you. Thank you for being our God. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.